it all together. Back home? Bringing it all back home? No. Daniel. Ooh, what if it was bringing it all back home? The spell looks like a mushroom. Also, I forgot what the letter B looks like. (laughs) (laughs) That must be what it's all All right, because three is a crowd, I am here today once again with Kelly. How are you today, Kelly? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing okay, thanks for asking. Um, this is Sign on the Window, where we randomly select a Bob Dylan song from a vast spreadsheet, and then we superimpose it onto our week. We let it serve as our undertow to pull us down, or maybe put us back on shore. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for 15 years, Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the number of episodes that we've produced. So whatever number we're on is how many she's listened to. Mm-hmm. And today we're here to talk about 1974's Nobody Sept You. You're the one that reaches me, you're the one that I admire. Every time we meet together, I feel like I'm on fire. Nothing matters to me and there's nothing I desire except you. All right, so that was uh, Nobody Sept You, uh, recorded in 1973 at the Ram's Horn, which is where Bob Dylan sort of holed away in New York. Uh, he, he recorded that actually along with like Forever Young, Never Say Goodbye, which are from Planet Waves, which uh, from episode five that we did. And then he recorded this twice in uh, November of 73. One of those versions is on uh, the Bootleg Series Volume 1 through 3, which is what we listened to. The other one, I don't know where it is. I know that there's plenty of versions out there. He played it live during the 74 shows with the band. I, I don't have any of those. So we're, we're literally going on one song. Uh, so Kelly, uh, our entire week was spent with, with this great track. How did you feel about this? I had a really weird week. It was hard for me to get into this song. There's nothing wrong with it. I like it. Um, it definitely has a little bit of that Peter Frampton stuff, which makes sense because I didn't realize this was recorded around the same time as Planet Waves, which I think I said the same thing about that. Um, the talking guitar, it's called a talk box, which I'm sure you've seen. It's in the California Love video, the guy that's read the thing where it's California. That kind of, nice. But Peter Frampton's like famous for using yeah, that and making a, that sound with his guitar. Where it talks. Talking guitar. So. And he has to play a 25-minute song just for it to say something. Right. So that cool. it sounds so cool. Cool. <laughs> so cool. This uh, was not used to those effects. Same no, thing. No. But it's a very similar sound. On yeah. the I know, I lo- but I like it. It's that... <laughs> just like a little chicken bouncing around, you know, just playing that. I love it. I, I think it adds so much to it. It's wonderful. Bob Dylan and the Chicks. Yeah, the... the Whatever I pronounce the lyrics for these, it's always from BobDylan.com. Mm-hmm. And those lyrics were different than the version we had, which caused me to run up to you angrily and feeling lied to, cheated, having things hidden from me. There's clearly another version of the song. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, I, I knew that there were, and I knew I wasn't going to go searching for them, and I just felt accosted. I was like, oh my God, the one time. And she's <laughs> found out my secret is that I've kept these these other versions from you. But really, I, I don't know if I've even ever heard them or, or took note of them. Nothing anymore seems to please me except you. 
Before we get into the song and the lyrics and all of that itself, I do want to talk about contractions, not the baby type of contractions, but instead of doing mystery, no name disappearances (laughs) that really took on a whole different life of its own, we are actually going to be doing something a little bit more on the nose. Contractions. I want to know everything about contractions because this whole nobody except you thing drove me fucking crazy when I was trying to search for the song, look up stuff on this song, even in my iBooks. It could get nobody. You put a space and you put a comma and they're fine. No, not a comma. You put a space and an apostrophe. It's cool. It's going to bring up nobody except you. You put nobody space apostrophe C to continue your thought. Gone. Nothing. It doesn't even know that it's there. So... Why, what's the deal with contractions? Well, I, at first, didn't think that this qualified as a contraction because I thought stringently that contractions were two words smashed together. And that is not the case. It's literally just the lopping off of letters lopping from a word. Um, which you like the me... lopping off of a child from your belly. Right. Okay. Just like that. You got to uh, think like that, folks, sometimes. And then that little anecdote you told me about your teacher or learning in school that contractions, the apostrophe stood for the letters. They're just really far away, yes. hiding behind the apostrophe, which I think is adorable. So don't, you know, it's do not, but that the little, oh, they're just over there in the corner. They're hiding just behind the apostrophe, way, yep. way off in the distance. So I uh, didn't do a whole lot of research into this, but I did consult one website, as I am tend to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, one I was really source. excited about this, but... I guess not. I found something called Tattle Creek, which is a website. Apparently, it's a magazine in Toronto, based in Toronto. I didn't know. They have a lot of pretentious writers that write for them because somebody went off about apostrophes. Nice. Well, they're not pretentious as much as they're passionate. Sure. About apostrophes. I'm just saying the way that it read was all pretentious. Maybe that's Mm. an accurate reflection of the Tattle Creek crew (laughs) as a whole. You said the Tattle Creek crew. (laughs) Did you see the crew? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. What, what, what would you call well, it? I mean, it's probably the coolest thing that they've ever been associated with, that they're a crew. Man. I mean, everybody wants to be a part of a crew. Oh, a Jolly Saucy crew. A Jolly Saucy crew. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so anyways. So I was kind of confused about the article because the punctuation, go figure, was front and center about it, right? But the the thing that he was so mad about was the improper use of apostrophes in regards to contractions. And not in a way that I initially recognize. So the example that made me get it was rock in roll, right? Using the letter N. Yeah. As the proper way to do contractions is to add an apostrophe for at the beginning and the at the end, if applicable, where the, the letters are missing. So in the word rock and roll, what are we doing there, right? We're taking off the A and the D of the word and. So correctly, you to put rock and roll correctly, there's not one apostrophe after the N or one apostrophe at the beginning of the N. There is an apostrophe at each side of the N. So before and after the N in rock and roll. Right. It goes deeper. This person, <laughs> this person has feelings. It's not just that you need an apostrophe at the beginning and end of. You need the correct apostrophe. Uh, because they are different, right? So an apostrophe is a single quotation mark, if right. you will, right? So there's the little, if you're drawing an apostrophe, right. like you could put a dash, 
if you put a dash, I'm out, man. I win. I win. You can't tell me if it's one way or the other. But the way they're drawn is like a little circle with a little tail mm-hmm. or a circle with like a hat. I don't know what you call that. Right? You look like a little six or a little nine, yeah. basically. Right? So it's always supposed to be a little nine and never oh. a little six. Never a little six. They went so far as to say, if you put a little six instead of a little nine, that means nothing. That means, what do you just wrote? It's garbage. Everything here to four after this little six, you might as well wipe your ass with it because it's nothing. The suckers are going down. They're going to wipe their asses with your serves. Piss all over your faces. Okay, wrong. That's true. Got, we... And I thought that was a little extreme. <laughs> I mean, their words, not mine. And actually not their words. <laughs> Absolutely mine. But the there's something called a greengrocer's apostrophe, which is... This is this is not my words actually. This is something somebody on a Wikipedia. Which ooh, two oh sources. God, I can pull the two wow. sources. Wow. Although I guess Wikipedia is a collection of sources. Look, the point Sorry. is, an apostrophe. Uh, the greengrocer's apostrophe is an apostrophe that is used incorrectly to form the plural of a noun. Quote through ignorance of the use of apostrophes. End quote. Nice. So basically, it comes from the misuse of apostrophes on greengrocer's shops. Greengrocer is a uh, like a UK term for a place, a small shop that sells fresh produce. Greengrocer's. It makes sense. Yeah. It's all one word, greengrocer. And I guess notoriously, they put, spell shit on their signs wrong. Like for pears, they'll put P-E-A-R apostrophe S inexplicably. Like those pears are possessing, I don't know, the cart that they're in. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. So it's become known as the greengrocer's apostrophe when you nice. incorrectly turn that stuff into a... So are, are we saying grocers are dumb? See, that's what I'm saying. Like that's garbage, shade. yeah. And I was like, that's just like those classist mother... I swear to God. <laughs> Every week it comes back to the prince. Every week. They just be doing something crazy. That's true. But also they're great and I wish I lived there. Anyway, that's all I really got. Uh, people have feelings about apostrophes. But I did... That was a, a good thing to know. I never knew the before and after. It's like if you're lopping off the letters, you gotta... Like, so like in cuz instead of because, right? It makes yeah. sense that you put one before because you're taking off the B and E. If for some reason you were shorting in a word where you would take off the B and E and then the S and the E, you would put apostrophe, C-A-U, apostrophe. It makes sense. But yeah, that's one of those that something like rock and roll, I think, transcends even its original rock and roll. But if I if you if you were to tell me to write rock and roll at this point, I would spell it the whole thing out. I wouldn't even think to put the apostrophes. Mm-hmm. But we have a lot of those talking. John Birch Blues, Freewheeling, Bob Dylan. I mean, it's right. that. I like that. That end. I mean, I don't know what, how the apostrophes look on those records. So we might, maybe it's just nonsense. It might be. I, I do actually understand the going the other way, the, the nine instead of the six. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on board. I get it. Yeah. So always little nines. If you're going to be. It's often right. not our problem, though. It's often the word processor that's going to fix that. Or Because if, if you use a font, I think a lot of fonts now, like if you like use Evernote, that thing automatically makes them. I mean, look, looking at my thing right now. I mean, when you do a sans serif. It, they it's just, just make, a dash. It, make that dash, which, which is, is kind smart. of nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were, they even went so far as to say we recognize that this is a fault of a word processor or a font mm-hmm. on occasion. Oh, here we go. And there's a keyboard shortcut that you can do to make sure you always get the little nine. Well, there you go. That's your your lesson for today's song. Love it. It's wonderful. Nothing round here I care to drive on. All right, so the crux of this entire thing for me 
was always in the lyrics. Uh, listening to this song for so long, it's one that I never really went back to. You know, you just kind of internalize the words. You never really think twice about them. So it was really fun for me to dive into it. But I always knew that this song sort of stood out because it always it starts as like an oh baby baby I love you song, and uh, some people if it's their predilection think it's Jesus that Bob's talking about, which we're not even going to go there because we are <laughs> already did that shit last week. Uh, but it goes from like a baby baby song into an oh god this is kind of dark, and then to a oh poor Bob Dylan song. Uh, I think when you first listen to it, the song is so happy you kind of don't come around to those things. So Kelly. We looked at the lyrics as we always do. Sometimes there's more to say. Sometimes there's not. What did you find listening to the song throughout the week? I mean, did anything? We talked a little about them being a little bit different, but like, did did anything change for you? Did that make the song bigger, lesser? I I think I waited too long to actually look at the lyrics for any of it to really. I made a point today to really, really listen to it, and uh, even so much as to notice that the lyrics were a little different, but. This just didn't get in. I don't know. I tried really hard. I tried to, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's fine enough. And I, I know you would argue that this isn't the case, but I feel like it is just a little love song. And yeah, sure. It does get dark. Cause you're talking about cemeteries and where bones are piled and stuff. Fair enough. But like, it just didn't get in. I don't know. It just didn't. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead. Th- this reminds me, I, this conversation, it almost feels like deja vu. And you know what? If it should, because we're 18 episodes in. It seems like a long way away, especially when we talk about like planet waves. You know, we you knew that this was the time frame, but I would go ahead and say that this this song reminds me more of episode three, Tangled Up in Blue, because if we look at this, let's we'll just walk through it. You have your notes, I've got my notes, but I'll just walk through essentially what's happening, just like objectively. Act one, only you make me feel, right? You know, there's nothing around here that's sacred except you. You're the one that reaches me. You're the one I admire. You know, he says my the lyrics are my soul feels like it's on fire. But, you know, he says, I feel like I'm on fire. I mean, that's like those are two different things in a way. Yeah. My soul versus actual me. Act two. There's no more you. It's only you as a concept reminding me of something in the past. You know, there's a hymn I used to hear in the churches all the time uh, that would make me feel so good inside, so peaceful, so sublime. And there's nothing to remind me of that old familiar chime except for you. So there's nothing to remind me except for you. So he's thinking about the past, that that familiar hymn. And again, if we think about what Planet Waves was, which was a present day song, which again, coming back to it, baby, divorce watch, we're back to it. <laughs> so he's, the looming divorce is definitely on hand. And if Planet Waves was nothing but that, you know, thinking about Hibbing and thinking about Duluth in Minnesota, this song fits right in. You know, this song was written right smack dab in between those. Uh, but anyway, so act two, there's no more you. You're just a reminder. Act three, when he's in, you know, he's uh, used to play in the cemetery when he was a child, but it never seemed strange. So he's definitely an adult thinking about himself as a child because he knows now that it's strange to play in a cemetery. But as a kid, you never think that. You're just playing around. And then he says, I'm a stranger here and no one sees me. This can then become like, is he still thinking about himself as a child or is he thinking about present day? Because I found that he could literally be going to like Duluth, which, you know, he did. And he thought a lot about that four planet waves. And this could have been very much part of that. So he's either I'm literally a stranger going to a random town in Minnesota and I can go to a cemetery for whatever reason. And no one's going to see me. No one's going to notice me. I can finally get away from all these people. Or if he's still a child, this person is literally seeing them. I mean, the line is, you know, I'm a stranger here and no one sees me except for you. 
it's almost like he's not even Bob Dylan yet. So he's literally a stranger. He's Robert Zimmerman. He's before as a child. And so this person, whoever it is, is seeing you even though he's a stranger. I mean, he's, he's a Bob Dylan to become, but this person is able to see through that to his deep soul. And then part four is just Bob Dylan present day. He's sad. Nothing hypnotizes me. <laughs> Nothing holds me in a spell. I mean, this is all to Sarah. Everything runs by me like water from the well. Everybody wants my attention. Everybody's got something to sell. I mean, that's his life. Everyone wants something out of him, except for you, Sarah. Please, please don't go. Please don't go, Sarah. <laughs> But not not only that. So we walk through the the, the actual, you know, acts of, of the song. But more than just acts, this goes from present day to the past to a reminder of the past back to the present. What's another song that plays with time tangled up in blue? And so this is almost a rough draft of that song in my mind where this is like I'm taking the glass of life, I'm shattering it, and I'm piecing it back together in this crazy little, you know, rhyme. I mean, I remember episode three. You sort of ch- you charted out an insane story where I think Bob became like a prostitute or no, the girl did. She had such a hard run life and like all this stuff happened, but it was never meant to be in order. It was always meant that it was a, somebody reflecting on the past and wanting to go back toward it. And I feel like this is almost to the same thing, you know, that, and then I think that the end of the end of it all that I'm still in love with you, which is not part of the copyright. That's not part of the lyrics. It's almost like when you played a song for somebody for the first time, you really wanted them to get it. Maybe they weren't getting it. You know, they're sort of fading away because he's talking about graveyards and stuff like that. <laughs> he would he would he would perfect this with Tangled Up in Blue. But I feel like this one right here, it's like I'm singing this to my significant other. They're not getting it. Oh, I'm still in love with you. <laughs> Just don't forget that. As the song didn't quite say that, you know, what he was actually trying to say. But I think the power of it is that it never needed to say that. So that's kind of that's kind of my take. I really can't track it up. I don't know. I don't know if I, it's fair for me to blame how busy I was this week or if I, I'm becoming I'm turning into stone I don't know that's all I can really yeah. say that there wasn't anything so interesting musically other than that weird drum thing yeah uh, and that it instantly reminded me of Peter Frampton but uh, for for kind of the darkerness of his lyrics it's a it's a nice melody it's a beautiful song I love the way he sings I love his voice on Planet Waves I love his voice coming up on Blood on the Tracks it's kind of my favorite Dylan era voice and so I, I think that this benefits from him just being maybe purely Dylan before it goes back to wearing a mask and going off to be a Jesus warrior. So <laughs> it's nice. It's a nice period in between that. And then after we get synth Bob and it's like, oh, man. I feel like the back and forth nature of like Planet Waves is sort of th- this song could have fit right on Planet Waves. I think this would have been another song where Bob just goes back to Minnesota. He's having flashbacks on the past and then you can have some present day song on top of it. And Clinton Highland basically says that he says that this he believes that this song wasn't put on Planet Waves because it was his most personal song, which I think is a crazy thought when there's so much poetic language going on here. But I think when you strip it down and start to think like that, 
there's probably a lot more of Bob Dylan in here than probably even something as kind of trite as the wedding song. I mean, I remember when we listened to the wedding song, that was kind of a bummer end to what we had was a really fun record. <laughs> and this song, I think, would have absolutely fit in. Um, but it never made it, which is kind of crazy. And one of uh, one of the first like major casualties that we've been able to talk about on the show that just never made it to a record, but I think it's a really great song. I don't know if you noticed... The drums don't come in for a little bit, which is common. Like some you know, instruments won't all come in at once and they got to lead in and that's fine. However, I've literally never noticed this until you brought it up. But you heard it, right? Mm-hmm. The drums just stop halfway through the last verse, apropos of nothing yeah. and in the middle of a beat almost. It's just we're going, we're go, And the song is still going for no reason. There's not a natural... Now the drums are gone. We're just like removing instruments, like go going out the way we came in. It's just now they're gone. Yeah. It's so bizarre. It's so weird. And I don't know why that was a choice. Well, I don't think it was a choice. I think that this was a demo. You know, this wasn't a real recording. I mean, he was just doing it with a bunch of others. I mean, he was recording Forever Young on this day, Never Say Goodbye. It's not that they weren't possibly going to make it to to a record, but this song feels like semi-playful and just kind of like he's just kind of hiking up next to a recorder playing. Do you think you know? he just like left? Like, eh, I'm done playing. <laughs> well, we got it, right? We got what the song's going to sound like. Yeah, Richard Manuel, Manuel's just like, yeah, I, I'm, I, I got to go eat this. It's lunchtime, <laughs> Bob. I'm sorry, I got to go. No, I don't know. I, I feel like he might have missed something and then stopped and Bob just kept going. Mm. I mean, I think that's, I think at that point you're professional enough that you just kind of continue through. That's the way it is. Um, there's other instances where stuff weirdly stops like that too. Hmm. Um, we'll get to that in the recommendations because that actually fits in perfectly with what I've been listening to this week. So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, that's. Um, do you have any final thoughts on it? No, just the drum thing weirded me out. Drum so thing weirded weird. me out. Yeah. All right. So that's the end of the episode. Beyond uh, nobody except you, and beyond our playlist, uh, which we'll get into in a moment. What um what was occupying your time? What's what's going on beyond work? I don't. I didn't have time to do anything. I mean, I watched a lot of How to Get Away with Murder, but I've already talked about that. <laughs> so we're almost caught up, and it's very exciting. That shit's going to be on for years. I know. It's really good. I, sure. I keep wavering. I'm like, oh, the show is terrible. I can't stand any of the characters. Oh, my God. I need to know what happens. And like right now, you're like, I got to go. <laughs> Basically. Um, and the other thing I, I will recommend is a web series called uh, by two contestant, former contestants, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Trixie Mattel and Katya. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Every every ten minutes is an absolute treasure. So So that finished too. Are you satisfied with the winner? Oh yeah. I'm so sorry Sasha won. Good job, Sasha. I mean, I love Peppermint and I wish Shea Coulee could have won too. I wish they all could have won, except for Trinity what even. But but Sasha's amazing, so I think that was it was totally totally justified. Um uh, I spelled it U N H H H H. But if you just go to WoW Presents on YouTube, which is RuPaul's production company, WoW Presents. The other thing I'll recommend with a huge caveat is a band called The Internet, which is um, made up of former members of a group that I don't like. Their ba- their album specifically, Ego Death by The Internet, is uh, really good. But I have a lot of feelings about it, and I want to talk about them. But maybe not right now. So this is a great opportunity, Kelly, because I have a platform for us to talk about that what what so we're going to be trying something a little bit 
new here. Uh, we'll do it really briefly, but we're going to have an after show that's going to happen um, later on in the week where we're going to talk about our recommendations, our, our playlists and music and culture and stuff in general, just stuff that we're feeling because we're, we're tacking up so much time on this podcast. And I think we're going to try to space that out. So be on the lookout for that because we do have a great talk uh, about the internet and about um, what to do with artists when they're not so good as people mm-hmm. and how you can sort of manage that or, or what to do with it. And I don't know if we ever find a gr- great answer, but we try our damnedest. Um, and so for me this week, and we'll talk further again about this um, later, but I just want to recommend uh, one album called uh, by a band called Captain We're Sinking called The King of No Man. Um, I've also been listening. We talk about uh, finding takes and things like that. I've been I've started my my official first listen of the Bob Dylan Volume Twelve, The Cutting Edge, which is an eighteen disc, the entire studio sessions for bringing it all back home, Highway sixty one and Blonde on Blonde. So it's every cut, one entire disc is just like a Rolling Stone oh my being played. So I just got through that, and it was it's fascinating. Really, it's fascinating. And they're all so different. It's the piano versions. Uh, one of them is on the, the Bootleg Series Volume 1 through 3. But then when they finally get the take, you know, when they finally get the groove, it's really exciting to be like, oh, man, I saw how they pulled those things together huh. into this one song. So that's been really satisfying. But, you know, I really want to listen to it, too. It's not something that I just sit and like, I'm just going to put on some weird studio banter. No, you really want to sit down and listen to it and hear the the musicians making fun of uh you know, uh, the, of God, what's his name? Bob Dylan. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. So, anyways, and I finished. Uh, I finished Veep and Silicon Valley this weekend oh, shit. as well. I forgot Veep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so they're both excellent, and they ended excellently. I and I finally started Bitter Cold Saul two nights ago. That's fantastic, and I'm already like hooked. So I'm ready to like get this podcast over with, so I can just watch that. Penny for your thoughts. I know what you want. Can't read your mind even from behind If I was in your phone, let me take you home I wanna take you home Is this so rare that I'm here? Don't plan on staying too long So you should come here Sit your ass on the strong It's a special effect Alright, so I've gone ahead and deleted 221 Nobody except you Never again will we listen to this song Kelly, we are now at... Stop drawing pictures in your book. <laughs> does that look like a dead person holding flowers? Oh, that does. That's nice. not so bad. So out of one out of 525, what is your guess? 522. 34. Sweet. So close. What did you say? 522? Yep. Nice. So 522 would have been one that you probably know the times they are changing. I think so. Right? I think that was in that movie. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the name of his third album. Hmm. All right. So 34. Okay, this is our first, this is a cover. This is uh, Little Maggie from 1992's Good As I've Been To You. So he released two records that year um, of old folk covers. So this is a slightly old man, Dylan, although 1992 now, shit. We were five, but now we're old. So imagine, (laughs) wow, long time ago. Anyway, so this is Bob Dylan basically coming. We listened to Oh Mercy last week, Ring Them Bells. Good record. We've heard God Knows from uh, 1990's Under the Red Sky. Um, and so then two years after that, he decided, going to go back to my roots, give the people what they want. And so he just uh, sat down and, and do two back-to-back, kind of the same way he did Fallen Angels and um, Shadows in the Night. So the Sinatra ones. Yeah, Sinatra ones. Now he, he went back and did 
uh, good as I've been to you and world gone wrong um, back to back. So I kept these on there. Give me that folk. Cool. So, all right. So next week we are going to be doing little Maggie, which is a cover. So we'll listen to all the covers and we'll kind of go over that and we'll go through the history of the song and all that. So that's our first from good as I've been to you in 1992. And uh, I guess this is actually, we talked a lot about turning 30. It's my birthday. Uh, you're listening to you know you're listening to this i guess on monday the second so i've already turned 30 but in reality (laughs) we're gonna start listening to it just before um so this is actually this is not what i was expecting i thought i thought the the random gods were gonna give me something good sorry little maggie (laughs) all right next week we got little maggie hopefully this will be a shining little beacon of light what do you want me to learn about Ooh, shit you forgot well, I don't. I don't actually know the lyrics. So, old Maggie, little Maggie. Hmm. I want to know where the people are. I want to see. Want to see them dancing, right? What about famous Maggies? Okay, well, you got Maggie from Walking Dead. <laughs> okay, I want you to name me the top five. The top five most important Maggies in your life. Don't tell me. Don't spoilers. In my life. Yeah, they could be. They could be artists. No, 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 not real people. Oh, but I'm talking not real people. <laughs> not people I personally know. Yeah, so it's gonna be Maggie Gyllenhaal. Gotcha. It's gonna be Mags from. Do they have to be a real person? Can they be a character from, let's say, The Walking Dead? <laughs> For instance. Um. Yes, but if you're gonna do Maggie from The Walking Dead, that has to be. You've already spoiled it, so that's an auxiliary one. So that's that's six. You have to pick five more in addition to Maggie from Walking Dead. (laughs) So I want to know more about Maggie's next week. We're going to do Little Maggie. Not like that. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Now all is forgiven. Let's take action.